Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, we got Stubb running the ones and twos, and Stubb puts together the best of AWOD Radio podcast. It's available for you every day on your drive home. And if you miss any of the show, you can always rewind on the free Odyssey app. It's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it today and just search 910 The Fan. It gives you the ability to pause the show rewind, run some errands, and then pick up right where you left off. And it is time for the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for the phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. The question of the day, you can tweet me your answer at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio, or you could call in 833-804-0910. It's simple. Is Sam Howell the guy? 833-804-0910. Stubb, you've been watching the games recently. Is Sam Howell the guy, or is he just the guy for right now? I think he's the guy. I think so he, too. He looks he looks really good, and I mean the stats are backing him up. The stats are de- and, definitely and backing him up. It That's is, a good point. The, the passing thing is weighted by the fact that they only pass. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you do like a ratio of pass attempts to passing yards. If he's still winning, I'm sure someone's done that math. I don't know, but he he's looking good. He's looking good, and I'll tell you, his play just has me in such a good mood. Right, even after a loss, it didn't feel like a misery Monday. Right? It felt like, man, I'm excited to see Sam Howell play again this Sunday. And that's all I'm thinking about, right? That's my quarterback. That's my franchise quarterback. And his individual development, it's been impressive, right? I feel like you go week by week by week, you go, you watch the film, you do the breakdowns. He has really developed nicely throughout this season already. His ability to step up in the pocket, his ability to avoid the rush and take less sacks, his ability to throw it deep. His ability to run, right? He's always had those abilities since college. But the thing is, is now he's having more confidence in himself to take off. And I think the coaches are starting to really have more confidence in him with the play calls uh, that they have designed. I mean, Biennemi is not running the ball, and he's also throwing in certain situations that you wouldn't trust a rookie quarterback Unless you believe in him to make the throw, like the swing outs to the running back while you're when you're within uh, your own ten yard line, that's a risky play. Throwing it on third and sixteen, a lot of teams on third and sixteen, they're going to dump it off to the running back. You know, they're going to throw a screen pass. Well, Sam Howell has stepped up in the pocket and thrown a twenty yard pass sometimes in those situations. And this is a guy that was sacked nine times in the loss to the Buffalo Bills, and it was at that time where a lot of people said. He's just not going to get over this sack issue. He's not going to be able to improve. And he has been sacked 47 times, 14 more than any other quarterback. But that number has also gone down. It really has. And Sam Howell could take these hits, he said to reporters this week. Growing up, I used to run the ball 20, 30 times a game. I'm used to it. After games, hardly being able to walk. When I get done with an NFL game, I feel great. And so you got to like the confidence that Sam Howell has right now in himself. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. It's 833-804-0910. Let's go to Rich in Chester. You're on the fan with AWOD. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? I'm good, man. What do you think about great. Sam Howell? Great, great show. Hey, man, I wish everybody... 
him play, man. It's his first year. He's better than half the quarterbacks in the league already. He can do it all. He leads the league in, in, in passing yards. I mean, what more do you want? Right. No, I feel the same way. I, I, I think the people that are nervous about Sam Howell are, they're nervous because they think he can get injured with the amount of hits he's taken. But, I mean, I, I, I point to all the times that he ran in college and even in high school, and I always say, he's not like some skinny quarterback. He's got he's got some you know muscle on him. He's a bulkier guy, Rich. Yeah, he's going to be a hard guy. To, you know, He's a hard guy to bring down. He's going to be a hard guy to hurt. I mean, that's another thing is his endurance, man. Leave the kid alone. <laughs> so are you feeling like I, I have a are, Hold on, Rich. So are you feeling like I'm feeling where even after a loss, as long as Sam Howell looks good, I'm okay with the results? Absolutely. Absolutely. That You know, the heck with the loss. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. But, man, if we get a quarterback, he plays, you know, he gets better, to, you know, not taking all those sacks. He keeps getting a little bit better and better at what he's doing. He's going to be just fine. So who, so who would you like the commanders to draft at least position group next year in the first round? Do you say, hey, we've got our quarterback, let's grab offensive linemen? Or we need help in the secondary as well, so it's a tough question. I'd, I'd like to see him. Honestly, it's not going to happen, but Marvin Harrison Jr. would be nice. Yeah, yeah, get him a tall <laughs> weapon on the outside. Good grief. Yeah. All right, I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Great show. Thank you, man. I appreciate you calling in. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. So what's so impressive to me is that so many factors were going against Sam and Washington, right? I mean, think about this for a second, right? Sam Howe played last year, final game of the year against the Cowboys. Then they fired the offensive coordinator that helped him in that game in Scott Turner. So he had to learn a whole new offense in the offseason with Eric Bieniemy. He's dealing with a makeshift offensive line. This offensive line is not good. It's not. But he's been able to have success. His tight end, Logan Thomas, has been in and out of the lineup. And really, he's dealing with wide receivers that are struggling, right? Curtis Samuel was good at the start of the season. Now he's kind of disappeared. He's been injured the last few weeks. Came back this week, but didn't make much of an impact. And Jahan Dotson, who we had so much hype and expectations for this year, has been like the worst wide receiver on the roster. The guy can't catch the ball, it seems like, as he was targeted two times this past weekend and didn't have one catch. And, as a team, the inability to run the football, right? I mean, wouldn't it be so much easier for Sam Howell if they could run five or six yards and then it's play action, and that way he has more time in the pocket to fire downfield instead of these quick throws that they're forced to do because there is no running game? Yet Sam has fought and fought and fought and fought, and now the offense... It's kind of like a, a brush of fresh, fresh air for Commanders fans, right? We've watched bad quarterback play, at least I have, for 25 years. And now, when we're on offense, I feel like we can score any drive, right? It's not like, oh, let's just get into the red zone and kick a field goal. I feel like we could throw a 30-yard touchdown pass. I feel like he can bring us back in games that we're down. We can come from behind. And so I'm so pleased with what I've seen from Sam Howell. Eric Bieniemy said last week, quote, you want to make sure that you're taking care of your quarterback. Some of that is self-inflicted wounds by him. But also, too, I mean, we're a team, and collectively, we all take our share in the blame. And I think you got to give Biennemi some credit the way he's changed the game plan. It's a lot more quick throws. Hey, drop back, hit your back foot, and boom, get rid of it. Throw it to McLaurin. Throw it to Logan Thomas. If they're not there, roll out. 
and try to find your running back, Brian Robinson Jr., and that was pretty impressive stuff there in that long touchdown uh, catch and run by B-Rob. Let's go back to the phone lines, 833-804-0910. We've got Jay in Richmond. Jay, what are your thoughts on QB1, Sam Howell? I'm a Carolina fan, so I've got a a double dip here. I love the guy. Um, I also want to say let's not kid ourselves with these, quote, that he's taking you can't hit a quarterback in the nfl anymore so he's getting tackled in the backfield and he's getting tackled a few times a game so these aren't the rg3 hits that he's taking downfield you know he may take one here and there but uh, I'm, I'm i'm feeling good about the progression of the line and his ability to get rid of the ball quickly and get out of that pocket so i i'm not so concerned about his durability um, so I, I'm a big fan, and, and this is what we got to build around. As a big fan, and you've watched him since North Carolina, and now his play in Washington. Well, let's just play devil's advocate. What What are some of the negatives that you've seen from Sam Howell? Well, I mean, early on, it was just not getting rid of the ball quick enough, and he was trying to get to that first read. I mean, the the play they call in the huddle is what he was committed to, um, and in just ten short weeks, he's he's been able to adjust. And, and realize that there's more options out there. And, and Biennemi's done a great job of putting those options in place. And he's able to see two and three reads. And, and that wasn't something that was happening early on. And we're only 10, 11 games into this guy's career. So that's going to continue to progress. And i, I got to think we're going to put some pieces around him, uh, in front of him on the offensive line next year. And, and this is definitely the direction we need to go. Jay, good point. Let me ask you this, though. Uh, one thing I'm a little concerned about is some of his – touch passes that are like 30 or 40 yards, not where he's bullet passing it, but where he's kind of lobbing it to a spot, have been a little mm-hmm. bit off target. And partially that's like guys like Deami Brown trying to make one-handed grabs and they haven't been able to do it. But it does seem like he's sailing it a little bit on these touch passes. I agree, and I think that's where you might need to look at a big-time, big big size receiver for next yeah. year too and, and to, to go up and get those. I'd it makes me so jealous watching the Eagles in the offseason somehow yeah. get A.J. Brown. Uh, so we need to do something like that with a big a big size receiver. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I don't think people are talking about Jalen Hurts as an MVP candidate if it wasn't for A.J. Brown. He's been spectacular. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Good. All right, appreciate it, man. Yep, man. Good call. I appreciate it. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. The Commanders seem to have found their quarterback in Sam Howell but the defense continues to struggle. Can the defense win a game against Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants? We'll break that down next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. Every game can be heard Right here on 910 The Fan, but there's a Virginia Tech basketball game this Sunday. So we push the commanders over to News Radio WRVA, 1140 AM. So News Radio WRVA is the place for the commanders game this Sunday. You can still hear the two-hour pregame show and postgame show, The Gut Check, but not on 910 on WRVA or available on the go on the free Odyssey app. And question of the day is how confident are you? in Sam Howell to be the franchise quarterback for the Commanders. as Sam Howell actually leads the NFL with 24 big-time throws this season. Now, like you said, Stubb, he's thrown more than any other quarterback, right? The enemy is dropping back and passing almost every single down, but the statistics back up what everyone seems to be saying, that Washington has found their franchise guy in Sam Howell. 
And through 11 career games, he is the only quarterback in NFL history to have thrown for 2,900 passing yards, ran for over 200 yards, and to have a 65% completion percentage or higher within their first 11 career starts. I mean, how great is that? And like some of the callers said, he's going to be even better next year. They can get a taller wide receiver and some decent play from the offensive line. But if the commanders are going to fight for a playoff berth this season or even get a win this Sunday against the Giants, they're going to have to play better defensively. And uh, that's the struggle right now. But we're going to break down the defense on the commander's corner. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. What's the biggest issue with the defense right now? All right. Here's my opinion. As bad as we were defensively at times this season. And they were bad. I mean, they gave up 37 to the Bills. And that offense is really struggling right now. And Stubb, you've been watching the last few weeks. So you can chime in on this. I do feel like the defense is starting to come together. I, I know you look at the scoreboard. You might disagree. They gave up 29 to a struggling Seahawks team. Gave up 17 to a Patriots team that had only scored like 70 points all season long. Couldn't get in the end zone. But I do feel like they're starting to come together, and here's why. They're giving up the explosive plays, right? I mean, it's I'm pulling my hair out every time they give up a 64-yard play. Like, that cannot happen, all right? The explosive plays, it's a major issue. But I'm starting to get a little bit of confidence in them because they did that last year and then eventually cleaned it up and finished the season top 10 statistically. So I'm not giving up on them because of what they did last year. And I think if you look at the past two games, they had the 64-yard explosive play, both games to a running back, right? I mean, that cannot happen in the NFL. It's embarrassing. But it was also just one play. It was just one play. And then in each of the last two games, they've had one bad drive where New England went right down the field and scored, and then Seattle... Just happened to be the final drive of the game. But outside of those two issues, I think you can say they've looked better. They've looked better as of late. I think I might have given up on them. Really? You know, I, I it, it hasn't looked better to me. Uh, you got a better eye for it than me, for sure. But I don't know. I They, they keep keep giving up a lot of points. They We lost Sweat and Young. Yep. I don't know if that's really done much. Losing them. It looked like Chase was doing good for the 49ers, but... He did have a good game for the 49ers. I didn't want to mention it. Of course, you had to bring it up, Stubb. <laughs> of course you did. Yes, I know. He got a sack, and it drove me crazy. But but here's why I'm... All right. So I, I get what you're saying. You look at the score. They scored 29. The Seahawks did. But they scored 13 in the fourth quarter. Washington gave up only nine points in the first half. Just three field goals. That's a good defensive half there where it was bend but don't break. And... Even on uh, that that first half where they gave up nine points, they had one bad drive where Geno Smith led Seattle right down the field. But besides that, Seattle's offense was kind of struggling. And here's another reason why I would say that the defense is slowly getting better, all right, is that they are finding a way to get off the field on third downs. And that is so important in the NFL. Seattle was 4 of 14. They just happened to convert their final two third downs in the game there, and that's why we lost. But I think you can point to third downs as a reason that they're improving, and there's a lot to like. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot to hate as well, right? I hate David Mayo. I hate watching the Mayo 
on the field looks slow as hell. But I like the way Jamin Davis has played. All right? I, I think Kendall Fuller has played good. I hate Benjamin St. Just's play right now. I think Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne are stepping up. I do think that losing Montez Sweat and Chase Young has been an issue, and James Smith-Williams is struggling. I think Casey Duhill has stepped up, right? And so there are guys that I like on the defense and guys that I can't stand, and I just believe in this team here to kind of figure it out, study the film, and find out what the hell's going wrong on these explosive plays, right? It's not like it's all game long that they're getting gassed, but there it's certain moments where they kind of fall asleep, and you cannot have big plays especially at the end of the game there. That final drive by the defense was terrible. But there were certain drives before that that led to the comeback that made me feel better about my defense here. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. You could be Team Stub. Tell me the defense stinks. They're not going to get any better. But this is a defense that has played much better in November and December since Ron Rivera came and take over, took over this, this franchise here, they usually start slow, but they eventually figure it out, especially in the colder months. Would you say that they are doing their job? No, they're <laughs> not doing their job. You, you, the offense did their job and tied the game in the fourth quarter. Defense would, If they had done their job, we would have been talking about a game that went to overtime. Even if we lose... You got to talk about a game that goes to overtime when it's tied with 50 seconds left. It, it sounds like the defense is only good when it doesn't matter. Probably. That's what I'm I'm hearing yeah, from this. Yeah, and maybe I'm just being a homer, all right? And I'm trying not to only talk NBA and college basketball, <laughs> right? I want to keep talking commanders here at least to Thanksgiving, all right? <laughs> at least to Thanksgiving. I think I think this Giants game is going to kind of be a be a, a, a litmus a, test, a, yeah, maybe? a litmus test for what the rest of the season's gonna be. I mean, here's the thing: if I, I said this earlier this week, if I'm if I'm feeling good about my team to possibly get in the playoffs, Sam Howell doesn't even need to play the fourth quarter against the Giants. We should be up by 15 to 20 points. It's probably gonna be a struggle. It's probably gonna be a game that comes down to the final play, like every game seems to uh, this season for the Commanders. But if we're a good team offensively and defensively and special teams will come to be, come together, play complimentary football, and beat the Giants by double digits. If if that happens, then I like our chances to maybe steal a game against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, and we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But if we can't easily beat the Giants, yeah, it, it is time to move on from the Commanders this season. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105. 1FM. From the NFL to college football, the Hokies are trying to make it into a bowl game this year, and they can do that by getting a win on Saturday. We'll catch up with Bill Roth on the Cowan Gates Hokies update next on The Fan. She might be dead. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Hokies, and there's a good one in Blacksburg this Saturday as they face off against NC State. And joining us right now for the Cowan Gates Hokies update is Bill Roth. What's going on, Bill? We're excited about it. It's a big week at Tech. We've got men's basketball tonight, women's hoops tomorrow here at Castle, and then Saturday at 3.30, NC State visits, and uh, the game is sold out again. This will be our last home game of the year, and it's senior day 
here at Virginia Tech. And you're right, NC State's playing great. The Pac's won three in a row. And uh, there's a lot on the line here on Saturday. Yeah, let's go back to the game last Saturday, though. I thought that was the best game of the season from start to finish for by Virginia Tech. Hokies played really well. They got off to a great start, Adam. They got an interception on the first play from scrimmage. Dorian Strong intercepted that pass, and they were able to score first, play with the lead, and they, you know, they did such a really good job of flipping the script, so to speak, on Boston College because the Eagles had been a team that grinds the clock, doesn't let the other team have a lot of possessions. Uh, the Hokies did that to Boston College. Kyron Drones obviously had a lot to do with that. He was named the conference's uh, quarterback of the week. Uh, but the running game was there, and the Hokies are certainly a much different football team down the stretch here, it appears, than they were earlier in the year. Yeah, and, you know, that's the best part about uh, this program right now is that everybody's going to be able to return next year, right? And they can really build off of this momentum. Hopefully they finish strong. You know, the Hokies need to win one of these final two games to get to a bowl game. So the Hokies have NC State here Saturday and then at Virginia the final game of the year. So if 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 they can get to a bowl game and win it, that would be really good. And that would be the momentum you need. Now you've got recruiting. You've got well, you've got two games, a big recruiting period, obviously coming up first week in December, and then a bowl game before spring ball. Uh, you know they're going to hit the portal hard again once January rolls around. So it, again, I think like most teams, will be a much different football team next year. But there are going to be a lot of guys who are eligible to come back. That's for sure. Saturday, three thirty on the ACC network, but you can hear it right here on nine ten. The fan with Bill Roth, play by play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, Let's hear your game notes, Bill. You know, I think, first of all, the Hokies are getting great quarterback play out of drones. And I think that that's really underrated. I mean, he was it was only his eighth start at Boston College, yet he looks like a veteran. They're doing a really good job with their misdirection and their counterplays. In in a way, it's really the triple option. You don't know whether he's going to run it. You don't know if he's going to hand it off or pitch it. Or you don't know if he's going to throw it until after the ball is snapped. And that's a credit to him that after just eight games, he's able to do that. And I, I think Basil Tootin, who I don't know if everyone knows this, but he had originally committed to Boston College. Oh. And so he, he played extra hard up there last week. And the Hokies have played so well at home. So now they've got a much different challenge. You know, uh, NC State's offense isn't playing great. Uh, Brandon Armstrong is going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, for NC State against the Hokies here on Saturday. And uh, he, he's, he's doing a nice job considering they don't need to score many points. They, they beat Miami 20-6, to and they beat Wake Forest 26-6 to the last two games. So that shows you how good NC State's playing on defense. They're, they're a really good team. So Armstrong was at UVA, and obviously the two teams didn't face off against each other last year, but how did Armstrong do the previous season against the Hokies? Tech won that one. You know, the the interesting thing about uh, NC State is, you know, last year Morris came off the bench. Hokies were ahead of NC State 21-3 to in the third and lost the game 22-21. to So they they felt like they collapsed last year in Raleigh. In that in that game, now, NC State has not won in Blacksburg since. You ready for this, Adam? Since two thousand and four. What, what, what were you time. doing in two thousand <laughs> September of two thousand four? What were you up to? 
Uh, getting ready for my bar mitzvah. <laughs> hey, let's go around the ACC real quick. You think I'm crazy? I'm picking Miami to get the upset against Louisville. Well, it could happen. You know, I want to say this about the ACC, you know, because we've uh, everyone kind of piled on in recent years. But, you know, the ACC is 8-5 and five this year against the SEC and the Big Ten. It has four SEC wins. It has four Big Ten wins. And, and, it, and it has two wins over Notre Dame. How long, how many times have we said the ACC has to win some non-conference games? Right. And, and this year, this year, the ACC has done that. Louisville beat Notre Dame, right? Clemson beat Notre Dame. Florida State beat LSU. And, and there's more games coming up. There's more games coming up. Uh, it, you know, Louisville plays Kentucky. That's an SEC game. Florida State plays Florida. That's an SEC game. Uh, Clemson, South Carolina, Gamecocks and, and Tigers. That's an ACC, SEC. So there, there, there's, there's more games to win down the stretch. So I think that's really exciting. Now, if you are right, if you are right that Miami beats Louisville and the Hokies win, then the ACC championship game is still on the table for Virginia Tech. Now, that is a long shot. Carolina would have to win out. If Carolina, Miami, and Virginia Tech all win out, the Hokies go to Charlotte. <laughs> I love that. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah Coach Pry, if he heard me, would come over here. I'm, I'm sitting on campus in my car. If he heard me that, he would be knocking on my window glaring at me. Um, <laughs> You know, I don't, and, and I wrote the, my my column. I hope people can. I tweeted it out. It's on the Hokies website, yeah. HokieSports.com. But you know, the, the 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 they're better. Last year, last year Virginia Tech had a hard time beating anybody. We know that for whatever reason, and there was a bunch of them. This year, they've they've handled their business against the bottom third of the ACC. They've won those games handily. The average margin is well over 30 points in, in those four conference wins. But they haven't shown the ability to beat the better teams in the league. And in the grand scheme of things, that's okay. You know, they're better than they were, but but it's it's not like you go from a team that won one game against Power 5 opponents a year ago to pop nine this year. It, it's just success isn't linear like that. There's zigs and zags and ups and downs, and you've got to be really patient. And so – I spent uh, some good time um, coming back from Boston on Sunday. Uh, it was Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, Saturday on our flight home after the game, typing that out, banging it on my my uh, my laptop. So if you have a chance, if you're near your laptop or on Twitter, pop open your phone and uh, read uh, today's Roth report. We love that. Uh, who would you give season MVP to right now? Is it Kyron Jones, or is there anybody else that you'd throw out? Whoa. There? Whoa, you're really going to get me in trouble with Brent Pry, aren't you? <laughs> Why not? Give me two more weeks. Give okay. me two more weeks. You know, I think, you know, football's hard. You know, football's hard to pick one guy. You know, and anybody who's played it knows. Anybody who's coached football knows. You know, you need, you need everybody going together. And so the way the, the offensive and defensive lines have improved and the way the secondary's improved, you know, drones, obviously, statistically, they put drones in there at quarterback, and now the offense. I mean, I never in a million years thought Tech would go to BC against a team that was ranked so highly on defense and put up 600 yards of offense in a road game. Right. I mean, the last the last time Tech did anything close to that was in 1993 when the Hokies beat Pitt 
You weren't even around for that one, were you? <laughs> I was one. <laughs> yeah, so the Hokies went to Pitt, and, and they had 675 yards, and they beat Pitt 63-21 to 21 at the old Pitt Stadium. It doesn't even exist anymore. Uh, they, they tore it down, and Pitt moved to where the Steelers play. Originally, it was called Heinz Field, now Akershire. But that was, you know, Pitt, they built their basketball arena where the old Pitt Stadium was. All right, Hokies so, fans, uh, you heard it from Bill Roth there. there. Make sure that you root for Miami, North Carolina, and the Hokies this weekend. <laughs> no, root for Tech. So we have a 3.30 game. The weather's going to be great. It, by the way, I'm on the drill field right now. I'm, I'm, I'm parked. And it is warm. It is beautiful. You don't get to hear me say it's a warm, summer-like, mid-November day in Blacksburg. That's and, wild. You know, that's what we've got today. And it's going to be great tailgating weather, 60s on Saturday. And uh, – I'm 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 excited about it. I think I told you back after the weight game. It felt you weren't sure, but it felt like Tech had kind of turned the corner. Yeah, uh, and 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 it still feels that way. They're not a finished product, Adam. I mean, NC State's really good. Virginia's going to be tough on the road, but you can kind of see we, we've tasted it. Uh, we 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 see what they want to do, and, and they're clearly getting better. They got a lot of work to do to get even even better for next year but you can kind of see and and, and for the first time i think since uh, brent has been here the way he wants to play and uh, i'm excited about it i went to practice yesterday the energy and the vibe you'd have thought the Hokies were undefeated uh, getting ready to play i don't know georgia or michigan here at home uh there was such great energy at practice yesterday and that's exciting uh for, for you know, we're here at week 12 of the season, and they're bringing that passion that you expect to see early in the year, and, and they're still bringing it. So it's exciting, you know, for Mike Burnop and me to broadcast these games. You know, we don't take it for granted. Like, every game there's almost 70,000 people at Lane Stadium. Yeah. Regardless of the weather, regardless of the opponent, regardless of, of Tech's record, uh, it, it, it's just a lot of fun to, to work in that atmosphere every week. And we're going to get one more chance here on Saturday. Bill, great stuff, man. I'll talk to you again next week. All right, Adam, thank you. That was the Cowan Gates Hokies update with Bill Roth, play-by-play voice of the Virginia Tech Hokies, and you can hear every game right here on 910 The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We've got an action-packed final hour of the show today, uh, getting you set for VCU against Radford tonight. The assistant coach for the Rams basketball, Darius Theus, who is on the Final Four poster here in studio, uh, playing for the Rams, and then he spent a few years bouncing around to a few other programs as an assistant coach and a scout, and now we're we're very glad to have him back in Richmond. So he'll join the show at 2 p.m. We'll drive down Richmond Highway with the czar, Gary Hess, who joins me every Wednesday at 2.15, and we'll be talking some playoffs, playoffs, High school football playoffs, including a ton of local teams here in Richmond, Virginia. And, of course, he's got the broadcast game of the week that can't always be heard right here on 910 The Fan. And then we got a really special guest in studio. If you've been a member of Ram Nation following it on social media, uh, VCU signed a really big local product over the last few weeks here. He signed his national letter of intent to play for VCU, and that is... Brandon Jennings. Uh, so he will join us in studio at 2.30. He's right now a point guard at St. Christopher's in Richmond, Virginia. 
And so I'm looking forward to having him on the show live at 2.30. But right now, Stubb, I wanted to get to the Jimbo Fisher story. And you told me you hadn't heard about this yet. I don't think so. So Jimbo Fisher is the head coach for Texas A&M. And he had a lot of success at Florida State, won a national championship, then booked it for Texas A&M for a ton of money. All right? And that's it right there. A ton of money. So this week he was fired on Sunday from Texas A&M. And he got the boot from his alma mater this week. And without a doubt, that's a bummer, right? But I think everybody would be fine with getting fired with the buyout that he will be receiving after showing the door, all right? So within the next 60 days, Texas A&M is forced to give Jimbo Fisher $19.4 million. Oh, my God. Within the next 120 days, they need to give him $7.27 million. And then each year... From 2025 to 2031, the end of his original contract, they need to give him $7.27 million. For those of you scoring at home, according to SpotTrack, that's a grand total of $77.56 million for doing nothing just because he got fired. How bad was he doing? He was 45 and 26 in six seasons, but the real issue was he couldn't beat their their rivals and he couldn't beat the top competition in the SEC. I think the statistic was he was like 0 of 9 against teams like Georgia, Alabama, LSU, and Texas. So the issue was he couldn't win the big games and the, um, he claimed to have the best recruiting class that he's ever had. And I think like ESPN and most of the college football recruiting websites agreed that Texas A&M had like a top five recruiting class. They just weren't winning games. So Stubb, I ask you, if I gave you $19.4 million (laughs) over the next 60 days, what's the first thing you're going to do with that money? Oh, I mean, like that's, that's like lottery money. That's, that's stop and think about it or you ruin your life kind of money, you know? (laughs) So it's, it's lame, but probably get like a financial advisor to tell me what to do, how to invest. But in terms of like a fun thing. I already got a PS5. Don't, <laughs> don't need another one of those. Well, here's... All right, so let me change the question a little bit, all right? Because obviously, right, it's like winning the lottery. You'd probably go on vacation. But I, I think what I want to do it is in terms of working, right? If you got... Ni- if Let's say we got number one ratings bonus, and I gave you $1,900. Sorry, let's be a little more realistic. Okay. $1,900, would you still show up for work next week, or would you go on vacation? Uh, I'd show up again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't have anyone to go on vacation with right now. You know, I, all my friends are, have just started jobs. So they don't have vacation time yet. My yeah. parents used up all their vacation. So I, what am I going to go to the beach by myself? Right. Well, that's, probably, that's the thing get, I'm wondering, like, is Jimbo Fisher going to take this $19.4 million and not get back into coaching? I would get a really nice dinner. Yeah. You know, I, would, I think that's what I would do. Just a nice steak, maybe. Yeah. But you, you know, know what's unbelievable is the best job in America right now is being a college football coach in the Power Five because even when you get fired, the buyout is going to be unbelievable. So Jimbo Fisher's not alone in this. All right. Listen to this. Brian Harson was fired from Auburn in October of 2022. He was given $15.5 million to get the heck out of town. Scott Frost was fired from Nebraska September of 2022. He was given $15 million. Geoff Collins, Jeff Collins, was fired from Georgia Tech last September, $11.4 million. Paul Christ, fired from Wisconsin, $11 million. Carl Durrell, fired from Colorado, 
They replaced him with Deion Sanders. That's working out fine. But Carl was given $8.7 million just to sit on his butt and not call games anymore. How about her and Edwards fired from Arizona State? A cool $4.4 million. Zach Arnett. $4 million just to not coach Mississippi State anymore. It is profitable to get fired. Yeah. Wow. There's a lot of rich <laughs> what a, mofos out there that were just deal. failed college coaches. <laughs> Sign it's, me up for that. Yeah. I'll, I'll be a college coach I know, for a right? week. You can fire me afterwards. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's nice work if you can get it done. It's even nicer <laughs> after you get fired. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.